The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Well, on the subject of the world uh, sitting on the edge of a knife, uh, we're joined now by Neil Ferguson, a Millbank Family Senior Fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institution, to talk about Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. Uh, Neil, in uh, terms of throwing a bucket of kerosene on a smouldering fire, where does this trip rate? (laughs) Well, I wouldn't try this in the backyard uh, this summer, let me put it that way. (laughs) Obviously, there has been a a succession of of, of visits uh, to Taiwan uh, by uh, U.S. political figures. This goes back a long way. Uh, I know it's hard to uh, remember that far back, but Newt Gingrich did this back in the 1990s. But what's striking is that uh, there's a kind of continuity from the Trump administration to the Biden administration, where there have been uh, visits of increasing symbolic importance and uh, this is the biggest, uh, and from a Chinese vantage point, most provocative there has been. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo went, but he, he'd stepped down as secretary by the time he did that. To have the Speaker of the House of Representatives going to Taiwan is a, a pretty uh, big poke in the eye of Xi Jinping, and especially as it's now very likely that Nancy Pelosi is going to meet with the Taiwanese President. So I think it would be very surprising indeed if the Chinese didn't stage quite a lot of fireworks of a military variety to signal their disapprobation. That means jets flying uh, in and around Taiwan. It might mean some uh, maritime activity as well. And I think this will certainly make some investors quite nervous. Mm. But I'd be pretty surprised if it escalated all the way to war. In other words, There's kerosene on the barbecue, but they're not about to blow the house up. Neil, give me a sense of the timing here. Provide a little bit of insight. We know that uh, she has been struggling with the COVID situation. The economy is weak. We get that. The party congress comes in October. Is there a sense of vulnerability that you suspect the U.S. senses right now? It's hard to answer that question, to be honest, because I don't really understand why the Biden administration is being so confrontational on this issue. And and it's not as if this just came from nowhere. Three times President Biden has seemed to change the US position on Taiwan only to have his own staff walk it back. Uh, The Defense uh, Secretary Lloyd Austin uh, talked pretty tough on Taiwan uh, last month and the month before, so did Secretary of State Blinken. So there's uh, there's not a lot of logic to this in my mind. From a strategic point of view, The US surely has its hands full with the war in Ukraine. It's also clear that in the event of a a showdown over Taiwan, the US would be in a much more difficult position than in previous Taiwan crises. In 95-96, the Clinton administration in the end could send two aircraft carrier groups, and that was the end of that. That would be a much riskier thing to do today, 
given how much more sophisticated Chinese uh, weaponry has become, and that reality is that the Chinese have missiles that can sink aircraft carriers now, which they certainly didn't back in 1996. So I can only conclude that this is being done partly for domestic political reasons, because Team Biden still thinks that being tough on China is political box office in the United States. From a strategic point of view, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm beginning to wonder if, if maybe there's a little bit of wag the dog going on here mm. with the midterms coming up. And, uh, and the public, uh, the United States uh, public, has become steadily more hostile towards China over the last few years. I, I can't think of a better explanation than this, though it's a very risky thing to do, given, as you rightly said, how weak Xi Jinping's position seems to be right now. The economy stalled, co zero COVID policy, basically unsustainable. Mm -hmm. Party Congress still some months away. There's a risk here that the Chinese decide, well, you know, this, this can be domestically advantageous to us too. So let's just take the US on and take this to the brink. That's the concern that I have. In terms of taking it to the brink and the, and the logic behind what the U.S. has been doing, I mean, China has been flying more and more sorties around Taiwan. The saber rattling has just been growing ever louder. Was it really tenable for the U.S. to just do nothing? Well, as you rightly say, this has been escalating for a while. And I'm, I've no doubt that a Chinese uh, uh, spokesman would say, well, you know, the U.S. has been ramping it up. Uh, calling into question the one China policy implicitly, if not explicitly. My, my own sense is that if you look at the strategic options open to the United States, if China were to launch an amphibious invasion and it were to be successful, it's not clear to me that Taiwan would be able to resist as effectively as Ukraine has resisted Russia. And it's very clear to me that the United States would struggle to supply a Taiwanese resistance, and it would certainly struggle uh, to get a significant military forces to the scene uh, on a sufficient scale to undo the successful invasion. Every war game in recent years that the Pentagon has conducted on this scenario has ended with a Chinese victory. So pushing uh, for a showdown over Taiwan when you don't have a credible mil military strategy doesn't seem to me to be great geopolitics. It might be good domestic politics, but it's pretty risky geopolitics. Now, I don't think the Chinese will call Biden's bluff because I think they're quite risk averse and know that it would be a very, very big undertaking for the People's Liberation Army to launch an invasion uh, of Taiwan. So I think both sides at some level are just beating their chests and bluffing, playing to a domestic audience in both cases, mm -hmm. and, and pretty anxious to avoid a real conflict breaking out. That said, The Guardian was reporting today that Britain's House of Commons Foreign Affairs Committee is planning a visit to Taiwan probably November or early December of this year. Do we need to take a step back and put this within a larger context? Well, I'm not sure how much that will really move the needle from a Chinese vantage point. Uh, there's a tendency at the moment in, in London to try to be more hawkish than Washington, whether it's Russia or China uh, we're up against. I think the bigger question is, do we want to reenact the Cuban Missile Crisis over Taiwan? If we're in Cold War II, this is the nearest thing that I can imagine to the most dangerous moment in Cold War One. Uh, 
And my advice uh, to the United States and indeed to China is don't go there. It's too risky uh, to, 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 to run the risk of a showdown over Taiwan when both sides have such formidable firepower. Jim Stavridis, uh, who knows what he's talking about, wrote a book imagining what a war between the US and China would look like. Uh, he dates it in 2034. I really hope that, uh, that it's that far out. It could happen sooner than that, in my view. It would be a calamitous event, uh, not just economically, but obviously in terms of loss of life. So I would say if you're in Cold War II, skip the Cuban Missile Crisis, go straight to detente. It's safer that way. Neil, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for spending so much time with us. Neil Ferguson is a Milbank Family Senior Fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institution. We're looking at Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan here on Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.